Hey, 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 y'all. This is your life coach, Tonetta Clay, and I want to welcome y'all to this episode of Taboo Conversations. This episode is actually part number four to the book, The Master Key System by Charles F. Hennell. I want to welcome y'all to this episode. Again, I'm Tonetta Clay, your certified life coach, where I help inspire you to, of course, think bigger, especially with reading books of like this. And of course, to, of course, empower you to become who you are. And this book will help you become that as well. I'm pretty, pretty sure that. So, like I said, this is introduction to part number four. But before I get there, I want to make sure that you know that this episode is sponsored by Speak Your Truth Life Coaching. Where, of course, like I said, I help inspire you to think bigger and empower you to become who you are. And for coaching resources, um, for coaching resources, courses, membership information about the next the upcoming membership club, all those types of things, make sure that you're clicking the link in the show notes. And let, let me go ahead and get into it, y'all. Like I said, this is introduction to part number four of the Master Key System with Charles F. Hennell. Introduction to part four. And close herewith, I hand you part four. This part will show you why what you think or do or feel is an indication of what you are. So, y'all, this is set up to be an awesome chapter. I can, well, part. I can tell that already, y'all. Thought is energy and energy is power. It is because all the religions and sciences and philosophies with which this world has heretofore been familiar have been based upon the manifestation of this energy of the energy itself that the world has become has been limited to effects while causes have been ignored or misunderstood for the reason for this reason we have God and the devil in religion positive and negative in science and good and bad in philosophy the master key reverses the process. It is interested only in cause, and the letters received from students tell a marvelous story. They indicate conclusively that students are finding the cause whereby they may secure for themselves health, harmony, abundance, and whatever else may be necessary for their welfare and happiness. Life is expressive, and it is our business to express ourselves harmoniously and constructively. Sorrow, misery, unhappiness, disease, and poverty are not necessities, and we are constantly eliminating them. But this process of elimination, eliminating, consists in rising above and beyond limitations of any kind. He who has strengthened and purified his thought need not concern himself about microbes, and who he who has become and he who has come into an understanding of the law of abundance will go at once to the source of supply. It is thus fate, fortune, and destiny will be controlled as readily as a captain controls his ship or an engineer his train. Part four, the eye of you is not the physical body. That is simply an instrument which the eye uses to carry out its purpose. The eye cannot be the mind, for the mind is simply another instrument which the eye uses to think, reason, and plan. The eye must be something which controls and directs both body and mind. Something which determines what they shall do and how they should act. 
When you come into realization of the true nature of the I, you will enjoy a sense of power which you have never known before. Your personality is made up of countless individual characteristics, peculiarities, habits, and traits of character. These are the result of your former method of thinking, but they have nothing to do with the real I. When you say, I think, the I tells the mind what it should think. When you say, I go, the I tells the physical body where it shall go. The real nature of this I is spiritual and it's the source of the real power which comes to men and women when they come into realization of their true nature. The greatest and most marvelous power which the I has been given is the power to think. But few people know how to think constructively or correctly. Consequently, they achieve only indifferent results. Most people allow their thoughts to dwell on selfish purposes, the inevitable result of an infantile mind. When a, when a man becomes mature and understands that the germ of defeat is in every selfish thought, a trying mind knows that every transaction must benefit every person who is in any way connected with the transaction. And any attempt to profit by the weakness, ignorance, or necessity of another will inevitably operate to his disadvantage. This is because the individual is part of the universal. A part cannot antagonize another part, but on the contrary, the welfare of each part depends upon a recognition of the interest of the whole. Those who recognize this principle have a great advantage in the affairs of life. They do not wear themselves out. They can eliminate vagrant thoughts, thoughts through fact. They can eliminate vagrant thoughts with facility. They can readily concentrate to the highest possible degree on any subject. They do not waste time or money upon objects which can be of no possible benefit to them. If you cannot change, I mean, if you cannot do these things, it is because you have thus far not made the necessary effort. Now is the time to make the effort. The result will be exactly in proportion to the effort expended. One of the strongest affirmations, which you can use for the purpose of strengthening the will and realizing your power to accomplish is I can be what I what it I can be what I will it to be. Every time you re repeat that, realize who and what this I is. Try to come into a thorough understanding of the nature of the I. If you do, you will become invincible. That is provided that your objects and purposes are constructive and are therefore in harmony with the creative principle of the universe. So that affirmation again, y'all, I'm gonna read that again. I can be what I will to be.
If you make use of this affirmation, use it continuously, night and morning, as often during the day as you think of it, and continue to do so until it becomes a part of you, form the habit. Unless you do this, you had better not start at all, because modern psychology tells us that when we start something and do not complete it, or make a resolution and do not complete it, we are forming the habit of failure, absolute ignominious failure. If you do not intend to do a thing, do not start. If you do start, see it through, even if the heavens fall. If you make up your mind to do something, do it. Let nothing, no one, interfere. The I in you has determined the thing is settled. The die is cast and there is no longer any argument. If you carry out this idea, beginning with small things, which you know you can control, and gradually increase the effort, but never under any circumstances, allowing your eye to be overruled, you will find that you can eventually control yourself. And many men and women have found to their sorrow that it's easier to control a kingdom than to control themselves. But when you have learned to control yourself, you will have found, found the world within, which controls the world without. You have become irresistible. Men and things will respond to your every wish without an apparent effort on your part. This is not so strange or impossible as it may appear when you remember that the world within is controlled by the eye and that this eye is part or, part or one with the infinite eye, which is the universal energy, our spirit, usually called God. This is not a mere statement or theory made for purpose of confirming or establishing an idea, but it is a fact which has been accepted by the best religious thought as well as the best scientific thought. Herbert Spender said, amid all the mysteries by which we are surrounded, nothing is more certain than that we are ever in the presence of the infinite internal energy from which all things proceed. Lyman Abbott, in an address delivered before the alumni of Bangor Theological Seminary said, we are coming to think of God as dwelling in man rather than as operating on men from without. Science goes a little way in its search and stops. Science finds the ever-present eternal energy but religion finds the power behind this energy and locates it within man. But this is by no means a new discovery. The Bible says exactly the same thing. And the language is just as plain and convincing. No, yet, hold on, y'all. Know ye not that ye are the temple of the living God? Here then is the secret of the wonderful creative power of the world within. Here is the secret of power of mastery. To overcome does not mean to go without things. Self-denial is not success. We cannot give unless we get. We cannot be helpful unless we are strong. The infinite is not a bankrupt and we who are the representatives of infinite power should not be bankrupts either. And if we wish to be of service to others, we must have power and more power, but to get it, we must give it. We must be of service. 
The more we give, the more we shall get. We become a channel whereby the universal can express activity. The universal is constantly seeking to express itself, to be of service, and it seeks the channel whereby it can find the greatest activity, where it can do the most good, where it can be of the greatest service to mankind. The universal cannot express itself through you as long as you are busy with your plans, your own purposes, quiet the senses, seek inspiration, focus the mental activity on the within, dwell in the consciousness of your unity with omnipotence. Still water runs deep. Contemplate the multi-tendous opportunities to which you have spiritual access by the omnipresence of power. Visualize the events, circumstances, and conditions which the spiritual connections may assist in manifesting. Realize the fact that the essence and soul of all things is spiritual and that the spiritual is the real because it is in the life of all there is. When the spirit is gone, the life is gone. It is dead. It has ceased to exist. Somebody has a loud car, y'all. These mental activities pertain to the world within, to the world of cause and conditions and circumstances, which result are the effect. It is thus that you become a creator. This is important work. And the higher, the loftier, the grander, and the more noble ideas which you can conceive, the more important the work will become. Overwork or overplay or over bodily activity of any kind produces conditions of men of mental apathy, apathy and stagnation, which makes it impossible to do more important work, which result in a realization of conscious power. We should therefore seek the silence frequently Power comes through repose. It is in the silence that we can be still. And we are when and when we are still, we can think and thought is the secret of the attainment. Thought is a mode of motion and is carried by the law of vibration, the same as light or electricity. It is given vitality by the emotions through the law of love. It takes form and expression by the law of growth. It is a product of the spiritual eye, hence its divine, spiritual, and creative nature. From this, it is evident that in order to express power, abundance, or any other constructive purpose, the emotions must be called upon to give feelings to the thought so that it will take form. How may this purpose be accomplished? This is the vital point. How may we develop the faith, the courage, the feeling, which will result in accomplishment. The reply is by exercise. Mental strength is secured in exactly the same way that physical strength is secured through exercise. We think something perhaps with difficulty the first time. We think the same thing again and it becomes easier this time. We think it again and again. It then becomes a mental habit. We continue to think the same thing. Finally, it becomes automatic. We can no longer help thinking this thing. We are now positive of what we think. 
and there is no longer any doubt about it. We are sure we know. Last week, I asked you to relax, to let go physically. This week, I'm going to ask you to let go mentally. If you practice the exercise given last week, 15 or 20 minutes a day, in accordance with the instructions, you can, no doubt, relax physically. And anyone who cannot consciously do this and completely is not a master of himself. He has not obtained freedom. He is still a slave to conditions. But I shall assume that you have mastered the exercise and are ready to take the next step, which is mental freedom. This week, after taking your usual position, remove all tension by completely relaxing. Then mentally let go of all adverse conditions, such as hatred, anger, worry, jealousy, envy, sorrow, trouble, or disappointment of any kind. You may say that you cannot let go of these things, but you can. You can do so by mentally de determining that to do so, by voluntary intention and persistence. The reason that someone cannot do this is because they allow themselves to be controlled by emotions instead of by their intellect. But those who are guided by intellect will gain the victory. You will not succeed the first time you try, but practice makes perfect. In this as in everything else, and you must succeed in dissing or disseminating, I'm sorry, dismissing, eliminating and completely destroying these negative and destructive thoughts because, because they are the seed which is constantly germinating into discordance conditions of every conceivable kind and description. There is not this a quote by Will Mans. There is nothing truer than that the quality of thought which we entertain correlates certain externals in the outside world. This is the law from which there is no escape. And it is this law, this correspondence of thought with this object that from immortal immemorial has led to people to believe in special providence, Wilmans. Part four, study questions. What is thought? Thought is spiritual energy. How is it carried? By the law of vibration. How is it given vitally? By the law of love. How does it take form? By the law of growth. What is the secret of its creative power? It is spiritual activity. How may we, we develop this faith, courage, and enthusiasm which will result in accomplishment? By a recognition of our spiritual nature. What is the secret of power? Service. Why is this so? Because we get what we give. What is the silence? A physical stillness. Of what value is it? It is the first step to self-control and self-mastery. Right, child. That was chapter number or part four. That was a very interesting chapter, especially when it comes to our thoughts, um, how we think about ourselves, the world, and the everything else, I guess I put it that way. So that was very, very interesting, y'all. At least I thought it was interesting. Have the mental and the physical. I understand that. And especially talking about the thoughts, I mean, the thoughts, law of vibration, this very, and law of abundance, which we all have probably heard of that through different, like other coaches and that kind of thing as well.
So I want to say thank y'all for tuning into this episode. Again, this episode is sponsored by Speak Your Truth Life Coaching with myself, Tanetta Clay, the relation, the Lord have mercy, the life coach who inspires you to, of course, think bigger and to, of course, who, who inspires me, who empowers you to become who you are. And I want to say thank y'all for tuning in. And with that, I want to make sure that I point out to y'all again down in the show notes. There will, will be a link to my coaching resources to let you all know what's coming ahead, what's going on and what I have available for you to, of course, assist you through your process and getting yourself to become who you want to be. So, like I said, I'll jo- um, see y'all on part number five in the next episode. Again, this is Taboo Conversations, the podcast. Take care, y'all. See y'all in the next episode.